once again, welcome to the Coffee and Heroes podcast. As always, I'm your host, Alan, owner and operator of Coffee and Heroes, now in unit 17 slash 18 in Smithfield Market. So as you guys know, as you guys know, I like to do a little preview show each month. So the new previews uh, catalog comes out. I like to have we sift through it. We just put up a few recommendations of what we think are the best things to uh, go for in terms of pre-orders. Now the stuff that is recommended today, this is due for release in August. But as you hopefully know, uh, we place our pre-orders a couple of months in advance. So we try to let people know what's coming up, um, get them excited about it, make sure they pre-order to make sure that they don't miss any issues when they come out. Uh, so without any further ado, I'll, I'll jump straight in. As usual, I'll start with the uh, DC stuff. <clears throat> now, interestingly enough, for the five DC picks, this must be something of a miracle. There's not one Batman title amongst it, which makes a change. Uh, we're actually going to start off with uh, a Vertigo title. Now, Vertigo is an imprint of DC. It basically is their independent imprint where um, their creators can tell stories that are not canon in the DC universe. They've got much more creative freedom <clears throat> and they're usually aimed at a much older audience, a uh, more mature audience, shall we say. So with this one, and undoubtedly this is the pick of the month for me, this is the Sandman universe, number one. Now, Sandman's one of those titles, it's up there with the likes of Watchmen, Dark Knight Returns, Why the Last Man. It's an exceptionally mature piece of work. It's something that demonstrates what the medium is capable of. It doesn't just have to be superheroes punching each other in the face. It can be lyrical, it can be deep, it can be thoughtful. Uh, there can be tons of insight into life in it, lots of whimsy, lots of fantasy. Uh, now in this case, <clears throat> this is going to be a one shot. It's curated uh, by Neil Gaiman, who's the original creator of Sandman, and it, it's written by a variety of writers, including Cy Spurrier, Neil Hopkinson. The art has a couple of different artists in there, the likes of Bill Quee Evely, uh, Dominique Domo Stanton. I mean, the preview pages for this look absolutely gorgeous. Of course, it being Sandman and it being DC, there's quite a few uh, variant covers as well. From the likes of Sam Keith, Jim Lee, David Mack. So something else to keep an eye for there as well. But as I said before, this is going to be a little one shot. And out of this, there's going to be uh, four all new series which are set in the Sandman universe. So <clears throat> think of this as something like, say, this is No Justice. And just as from No Justice, there's going to be stories spanning out, which are Justice League, Justice League Dark, Justice League Odyssey. Uh, this will be the one that sort of kickstarts it all. I do think that they'll make it <clears throat> accessible enough as well for people that even if they have never read Sandman before, that hopefully they'll be able to jump straight in. But what it also might do is it might just pique your interest in this universe enough that maybe you'll actually make uh, Sandman your next big uh, thing to read. Can't recommend it enough personally. So, uh, yeah, say so that's our pick of the month. From there, we're going to go on to a title called Scarlet. <clears throat> now, Scarlet is actually a title that started life over at Icon, which is one of Marvel's imprints. And the reason for that is because it's created by Brian Michael Bendis. Now, as part of the, uh, the deal that brought Brian Michael Bendis across the DC, he brought all his original properties over as well, which are called and are going to be published through a label called Jinx World. Now, it's essentially, again, another imprint of DC. But this is one that uh, he is uh, writing again himself again. That's going back to number one. So I would imagine the idea is that they want to try and get new readers across to it. Uh, he's on writing duties. The art is by Alex Malev. 
Now, this is actually a team that have worked together before. They worked on Daredevil. They worked on Iron Man. And they actually co-created this together. Uh, at the time when Scarlet came out, the likes of IGN, you know, really respected uh, web, pop culture website, they called it one of the best comics in the stand. Uh, Scarlet basically tells the story of a woman. Uh, her life's been ripped apart by police corruption. Uh, she decides to push back. Uh, and by doing that, she actually starts a chain reaction of events that will bring about a new American revolution. You know, this is an edgy title. This is deep. This is very current, I would say. Uh, it's basically all, ab all about what happens when one person's just pushed too far and what her country will then do to stop her. Uh, so that's Scarlet number one. Uh, this is one of five. So they're going to kick things off with uh, a little mini series and then go from there. Uh, so it'd be a good, good wee place to jump on to. <clears throat> So from that, we're going to go on to uh, another selection of crossovers uh, done by DC. And uh, you may remember some crossovers a little while ago. I've waxed lyrical about them before. Batman, Elmer Fudd, uh, Marvin the Martian, Martian Manhunter. So that was all the heroes of those universes. Now we're actually getting a... Uh, a little bit of a crossover event where it focuses more on the villains. Now, there are a couple of other ones here. There's Harley Quinn, Gossamer, the Joker, Daffy Duck, uh, Lex Luthor, Porky Pig. But the one that stands out for me is Catwoman, Tweety and Sylvester. And the reason for that is because it's Gail Simone on writing duties. I love Gail's take on these types of things. Uh, she's exceptionally funny, very whip smart. Uh, the cover alone looks absolutely brilliant uh, with a very grumpy looking uh, Sylvester, probably because he's actually caught Tweety, but now Catwoman's caught uh, Sylvester. Uh, art for this one is Inaki Miranda, and these are all basically going to be one shots. They will all stand alone. There is, of course, the option to get all of the, the tie-ins, and I would recommend it to a degree because the last crossover with DC Looney Tunes was absolutely brilliant. Uh, <clears throat> I mean, the little blurb for this one is, in his relentless pursuit of Tweety, Sylvester suddenly finds himself with a new human ally, Catwoman. Tweety then realises that he's going to need some help too and recruits a superhero of his own. It isn't long before the scale of the conflict begins to get out of control and suddenly there's a full-scale war between cats and birds that threatens to take over all of Gotham. I mean, come on, that, that stuff just sells itself. I mean, that's what comics are about. Sometimes you just want something funny, irreverent, a one-shot, one-and-done story. Something that doesn't take itself too seriously. So I think that's going to be really, really fun. Uh, <clears throat> pardon me. Uh, another recommendation comes in the form of an annual. So I may have explained before, with annuals, they're basically one-shot stories. They take place outside of whatever the main canon storyline is. Like, say you're in the middle of a six-issue story. The annual won't affect those six issues, um, and it will tell its own story. It'll also be a bigger comic. So instead of being 32 pages, it'll be 48 pages. So the next two recommendations are actually both annuals for very different reasons. The first annual I recommend is Damage. Now, Damage has been a real surprise of the New Age of Heroes stuff. I thought it was a title that just looked incredibly stupid. Uh, I thought it looked like a lazy way of DC doing the Hulk. But it's been much more than that. It's been a hell of a lot of fun. It's been integrated into the DC universe really, really well. And again, I'd have to go back to that same word again. It's just been a really, really great surprise. Uh, for the annual, it's written by Robert Venditti. So same writer as the main series with art by Diogenes Neves. 
Now, the reason I'm recommending this is I think this will actually be a good starting point for people who have never read Damage before. Uh, it's uh, The blurb for it is Damage's earliest origins are revealed with an issue that delves into what made soldier Ethan Avery volunteer to become the monstrous living weapon of mass destruction. Also discover what happened to the other recruits to the top secret program that birthed Damage and tasked him with destroying any enemy trying to create their own monster on a leash. So... It's it's almost like an origin story. I mean, when you've read this far through Damage, you've got the basics of the origin story, but this looks to be going into much more depth. And that's why I think it'll be a really great uh, title to entice people into Damage, uh, going right back to the origins. And also maybe you might see one or two new villains created out of that that might then end up going back into the uh, the main story. And the last one, again, another annual. This time it's the Suicide Squad Annual number one, which is written by Cullen Bunn with art by Ronan Clique. Now, Suicide Squad continues to be a pretty consistently good title at the moment. A lot of fun. There's been some really good story arcs in there at the moment. But there is one main reason uh, for this recommendation. Uh, Karen, if you're listening, you know why this is being recommended. Suicide Squad are up against Swamp Thing. Swamp Thing just is a character that is not used enough in comics. I am looking forward to the upcoming Justice League Dark. As he's on the cover, I think he'll be a pretty prominent character. I don't know if I've recommended this before, but the Swamp Thing run in the New 52, first of all written by Scott Schneider, but secondly written by uh, Charles Soule, was absolutely awesome. Really great entry point for the Swamp Thing character. So if you've never actually picked up a Swamp Thing book before, I do recommend jumping on that. I mean, some of the great writers of the medium have all worked in Swamp Thing. The likes of Alan Moore, Mark Miller, Grant Morrison, Grant, uh, Brant K. Vaughan. So he's a great character in the right hands. So with this one, uh, the Suicide Squad are basically not prepared for a medium of Swamp Thing. Bodies decay quickly in the, boy, in the bays of Louisiana and the Avatar of the Green doesn't care if the squad makes it out alive. I mean, that again, that just sounds wonderful to me. And again, it'll be another uh, scenario where because it's an annual, it's 48 pages, it'll sort of give you an idea of the relationship that the Suicide Squad have and then maybe set you up in a way where you'd really like to uh, to jump onto that title. Uh, so yeah, that'll do it for DC at the moment. Um, five recommendations there. So Sandman Universe, Scarlet, Catwoman, Tweety and Sylvester, Damage and Suicide Squad. What's good about the recommendations this month as well is they're all either one-shots or part of limited series. So Suicide Squad, Damage, Catwoman, all just one-shots. Scarlet, one of five. And then Sandman Universe, essentially a one-shot, but it will open up to a much broader universe. So we'll take a quick break there. That's the DC recommendations. And in a moment, we will be back with Marvel. So welcome back to the Coffee and Heroes podcast. So we're going to move on from the DC previews and on to Marvel. Now with Marvel, as you know, if you've listened to this podcast before or been in the store, Marvel are going through their their entire library and relaunching a lot of number ones, uh, making them really good starting points for people. With the first recommendation here, this this is pretty special because <clears throat> this isn't far behind Sandman Universe is my number one pick of the month. And the reason for that is a lot of the reboots that Marvel are doing at the moment, or a lot of the, the number ones, shall we say, are titles that are currently on the shelf. So they're just bringing to an end their story arcs in a natural way, and then they're relaunching with a new number one and a new creative team. The reason why this one stands out is because it's Fantastic Four. Now with Fantastic Four, 
<coughs> pardon me, was Fantastic Four. The comics stopped being made for a while there. There seemed to be a little bit of a dispute between Disney, Marvel and Fox. So Fox owned the movie rights to Fantastic Four. And let's be honest, they've done a pretty terrible job of bringing those um, titles to the movie theatres. <coughs> Especially the latest one we'll not talk about here too much. Uh, but Marvel basically decided, in a bit of a petty move if you ask me, to stop making Fantastic Four comics. Uh, the reasoning was that they didn't want to be giving out free advertising for these substandard versions of their characters. Now I didn't agree with this at the time and I still think it is very petty because... The only people they are punishing in that scenario is the comic readers. Let's be honest, most people who go to see a Fantastic Four movie in the cinema, their first thought isn't, I'm going to run to the comic shop and buy some Fantastic Four comics. Very rarely will that happen. So in a sense, they were just punishing the uh, the comic readers. And, I mean, they did it with a pretty damn big title because Fantastic Four is Marvel's first family. You know, it's a very, very important title. Uh, so with this one, it's going to be a story arc called Forever. Wrongly spelled, of course, to integrate F-O-U-R as four. Uh, and even the way they're selling it, it's like, because you demanded it, they're back. No, the fans want it. It's just time. I think they've there's a bit of a feeling in the Marvel Cinematic Universe that maybe some sort of deal could be struck to uh, integrate the Fantastic Four in the future Marvel movies. That's something we'll have to wait for, but uh, we'll see. Uh, so the team bringing this back is Dan Slott on writing duties. Dan Slott has been on Amazing Spider-Man for 10 years. Uh, I suppose if there was one title that was going to get him to leave it, this was it. And then the art in this one is going to be by Sarah Pacelli. Uh, there's going to be about 972 covers for this. Uh, feel free to pop into the shop. We'll see what we can do with them. Uh, as you know, ordering variants through Marvel can be a bit of a tricky business. Uh, they are... They notoriously make it hard for you. It's really frustrating. But uh, we'll see what we can do with it. I mean, the normal cover looks phenomenal anyway. But there are some covers by Scotty Young, Art Germ, a couple of other different ones as well. So uh, if you fancy jumping back on Fantastic Four, I think this is the time. Just to give you a little uh, read of the blurb, it is, uh, Since the end of Secret Wars, there's been a gap in the Marvel Universe, a void that no other team can fill, and it's time for the world to move on. But can it? A life-changing decision by the Thing, a momentous declaration by the Human Torch, a clarion call to arms that summons Doctor Doom, summons Doctor Doom, and a signal in the sky that heralds the return of hope to the Marvel Universe. All this, and Alicia Masters adopts kittens. So cute. Plus, the impossible man. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I, I've never been a huge Fantastic Four fan, but this, this has got me excited, and I think this is going to be an excellent, excellent jumping on point. Uh, so, we'll move away from Fantastic Four, and on to recommendation two, which is Venom First Host. So, with Venom, seems to be sort of everywhere at the moment. Uh, I don't know if that's the 30th anniversary of the character. I don't know if it's the upcoming movie, perhaps. Uh, but Venom does seem to be everywhere. Now, with this one, this is going to be a five-issue miniseries. It's uh, written by Mike Costa and art by Mark Begley. He's doing both the covers and the, uh, the main interior art. So... Again, this just looks like a great little miniseries. I, I personally find Venom works best in miniseries. Uh, it allows the writers to tell a much more uh, contrite story. It allows them to work within those boundaries. And I think that works better for a character like Venom. So uh, the blurb for this one is, Before the Amazing Spider-Man, before Venom, there was the first host. And that first host has returned in need of Venom's help. Only by reuniting can the two avert cosmic ruin. 
Can Eddie and the symbiote trust one another long enough to save the galaxy? Or will the first host prove to be Venom's undoing? <clears throat> so yeah, I think that sounds like a lot of fun. Uh, Mark Begley on art is always going to be fantastic. So look forward to that one. <coughs> Pardon me. So after that, we're going to move on to The Punisher. Now, The Punisher's been going through a bit of a strange time recently in the Marvel Universe between The Punisher and War Machine, between the Cosmic Ghost Rider and so forth. This looks like very much a back-to-basics uh, approach for Frank Castle. Now, this is going to be written by Matthew Rosenberg with art by Riccardo Bercielli. And this just looks awesome. Uh, the covers for it, uh, there's a couple of different ones. Personally, I just like the main one, I have to say, which is by Greg Smallwood. And uh, this one, the blurb goes, Punisher no longer has the War Machine armor, but he retained his newly acquired taste for big game and he's hungry for more. However, the paths to such perilous pursuits are fraught with dangers bigger than any Frank has faced before, and this lone wolf could use otherworldly help on his way up to the world stage. Matthew Rosenberg continues pushing the boundaries of the Punisher and now joined by acclaimed artist Riccardo Bercielli, who worked on a couple of great series, I have to say, DMZ and uh, Northlanders. Uh, this is the book that Punisher fans will be talking about for years to come. <coughs> so issue one is going to launch with a larger uh, sized issue at 40 pages. And then it settles down into a 32 page book after that. But yeah, Punisher back to basics. That just sounds wonderful to me. Uh, after that, let's have a look at um, Edge of Spider-Geddon. Now, this is going to be a four issue miniseries. Uh, it looks like it's going to be a fortnightly title. And it's going to have different writers and different artists on each book. Uh, so issue one is written by Jed McKay with art by Gerardo Sandoval. And issue two, Zach Thompson and Laurie Nadler with Jared Way writing. And Jake Wyatt on uh, uh, doing the art and the covers. So again, a little bit of info on this one. Spider-Punk is back and better than ever. After Spider-Verse, Hobie Brown was a web warrior. But that didn't mean things back in his universe were solved. The writer of the Spider-Punk story in Spider-Verse is back and joined by Venom's Gerardo Sandoval. Spider-Punk's Earth is under attack both on the ground and from space, meaning his responsibility seems to outweigh his power. And then issue 2 gives us a little synopsis of, After Jared Wayne, Jake Wyatt created SP slash uh, Doctor back in Spider-Verse. She was one of the most requested heroes. With spider getting on the horizon, they're back. Zach Thompson and Lonnie Nadler are joining the team to bring you the next chapter in Penny Parker's life and set the table for the Spider event of 2018. Now, I don't think it's going to reach those levels, if I'm honest, after the true joy that was uh, Amazing Spider-Man 800. I mean, this is coming from a, a guy who's still getting into Marvel stuff, but Amazing Spider-Man was a brilliant, brilliant arc. Um, so it has a lot to live up to to reach those standards, if I'm honest. Uh, and then we'll move away from there to one last uh, recommendation. And again, this is another annual, so another uh, nice one shot for you guys. And that's Cable and Deadpool Annual. Now, if you've listened to our Deadpool 2 podcast review, you'll know that I wasn't the biggest fan in the world of Deadpool 2. Uh, it just it just wasn't for me. Those who, who loved it, fantastic. Not going to change your mind. But it just wasn't for me. But I do like the idea of Cable and Deadpool um, teaming up in the comics. So for this one, it's written by David F. Walker. Uh, it has the artist Paco Diaz, but also others. So I think we're going to see a little bit of uh, a few different artists in here. So with this one, history's favourite duo are back together and just in time. 
When Deadpool is hired to protect a woman from time-hopping villains, it's only a matter of time until he breaks the time stream. Fortunately, his old pal Cable has some experience with that, but dark secrets have put the client and reality itself in more danger than either of our heroes could have foreseen. So, yeah, I really, really like the sound of that. Uh, I think that might even lead to a Cable Deadpool mini-series or something like that. So we'll see how we get on with that. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's there's other good stuff coming out, um, Marvel-wise, not to go into too much detail, but, you know, you've got West Coast Avengers relaunching with the number one, you've got um, Extermination, a, a five-issue main event, which looks really interesting from Ed Brisson. Yeah, there's other good stuff in there, but I just wanted to go into detail on those five, those would be my picks uh, for the Marvel stuff I'm looking forward to. Uh, so we'll put a pin in it there for the moment and we will come back then with our indie recommendations. And welcome back to part three where we jump into the uh, recommendations for the indie series. Now with the indie stuff, uh, got quite a few different ones for you this month. Uh, normally I go straight to the image section and uh, there's just so many good ones to recommend, but the first one that actually uh, caught my eye, and this is because this is one of my favourite movies of all time, uh, they're doing a comic on The Raid. Now, anyone who hasn't seen The Raid, it's an absolute martial arts masterpiece, uh, Indonesian movie, uh, actually directed by a Welshman, Garth Edwards, uh, just relentless, relentless action movie, very minimal special effects, it's all just trained people, great choreography, brutal fighting. Uh, yeah, I really can't recommend that if you guys haven't seen it. It did spawn a sequel as well, The Raid 2, which was excellent in itself as well, but for me, the first one was just a little bit better, a little bit tighter narrative. Um, so with this one, it's actually going to be an all-new story uh, set within that world. Uh, it's going to be... Um, it's actually going to be a four-issue miniseries. But you have a different writer for the first two issues and a different writer for the second two issues. So the first two issues is going to be Ollie Masters, who wrote a, a really good vertical miniseries called The Kitchen. And then you have uh, three and four written by uh, a writer, Alex Pacnadel, who wrote Doctor Who. Uh, and the artist is going to be the same for both, which is Booty Setowan. The preview pages for this look ripped straight out of the movie. Uh, and with this one, it's saying, go beyond the movie to discover the sinister truth behind Hammer Girl and Baseball Batman. So they're obviously bringing in characters who were in the raid too. Uh, again, if you're not interested in a movie which has Baseball Bat Boy and Hammer Girl, I don't know what's wrong with you. Uh, but if that doesn't interest you, the comic's probably not for you. But I, for one, am really looking forward to that. It's, uh, it's going to be a smaller press title, so it is. It's going to be through Titan Comics. So if that's one you're interested in, please do let us know because those are the kind of titles that I tend to appreciate a little bit because they're harder to get because they're lower print runs, and I don't like letting people down. So again, if that's something that's interested, please drop us a message or pop into the shop and let us know. Uh, so we'll move from there to uh, the one image recommendation I have this month, which is Leviathan number one. So with this one, it doesn't state if it's going to be a an ongoing or if it's going to be a short miniseries, but it's written by John Lehman, so I'm in. Uh, John Lehman is one of the creators and writers of Chew. You may have heard me chat about it before, one of my favourite titles. And this one, just the blurb enough, just sounds, just sounds awesome. Uh, so poor Randall Luca didn't buy enough beer for his party. 
and while he was out on a beer run, his idiot buddies busted out some mystical arcana and performed a summoning ceremony, a ceremony that summoned a giant monster from hell. Now, as I say, it's John Lehman writing, but you've also got a great artist on this, Nick Patara, who was the artist on uh, the Manhattan Projects. Uh, yeah, the the blurb says, eye-popping, face-melting reality to find non-stop rush of pure adrenaline. I mean, that just sounds awesome again. Uh, looks like it's going to have some dark humour to it. Uh, and hopefully a little bit of world building as well because if there's something Lehman is good at it's world building uh, as he so awesomely proved with Chew so uh, yeah that's Leviathan number one I'd, I'd really recommend jumping on that one then the next one we're actually moving on to Dark Horse for uh, the last two recommendations so what we've got for you here the first one is called The Seeds and this is uh, a number one this is going to be a mini series uh, now, the reason I'm recommending this one above all others is the artist, is David Aja. Now, David Aja was part of the Matt Fraction art team on Hawkeye, or Hawkeye, for those who have read it. Uh, another one of those seminal runs of Marvels. Uh, it's a title that we always try and keep the trades in store for, uh, including actually the larger trade, which I believe is a Marvel Deluxe Edition. We've actually got it reduced at the moment. I think it's down from £90 at 65 Some of the best money you'll ever spend. It's truly a wonderful title. Uh, so he's on art in this one, and then the writer is Anne Nascenti. And a little bit of insight into this one is, in a world much like our own, people are smashing their phones and moving to the lawless tech-free zone, Zone B. A few cantankerous aliens have come to collect the last dregs of humanity's essence for the celestial embryo bank. One of them falls in love. Astra is an idealistic journalist who stumbles into the story of a lifetime, only to realise that if she reports it, she'll destroy the last hope of a dying world. How far will she go to get her story? So as stated, this is a mini-series. It's going to be just four issues. So I think that's going to be a cracking little title. Uh, preview artwork, again, based on the fact I love the artist, unsurprisingly, is, is wonderful as well. So uh, that is the seeds, number one. <clears throat> so we'll finish off with one more. And... The next one I'm going to recommend is due to personal taste, but also due to relationships I've built up with different customers in the store who are big fans of the aliens, <clears throat> pardon me, big fans of the aliens uh, world, but also of Predator. So what we have here is Predator Hunters 2, number one. So with this one, new Predator series, it could possibly link to the movie. I'm not sure. I mean, they do state here, new Predator movie coming soon. It might just be its own individual tale, but again, I believe this is going to be a, a four-issue miniseries. And Predator's always worked brilliantly in the comics, a little bit like Aliens, I suppose. Uh, so for this one, you've got a writer, Chris Warner. Uh, you've got Augustin Padilla on uh, artwork, uh, as well as another artist called Neeraj Manon. So, blurb for this one, from the islands of the South Pacific to the mountains of Afghanistan... The hunters go wherever the predators appear, even if it's in a war zone and into conflict with a mysterious government group hunting the same prey. Despite the casualties suffered during their first mission, the predator hunters are on the prowl again. Again, sounds awesome. You can't get on board a bit of predator, there's something wrong. Uh, so yeah, that, that just brings it to an end for us. Uh, as you know, and as I say every time, there's tons more titles than that to look forward to. I mean, you can look up previewsworld.com and get a little bit of a sense of what's coming out. You can pop into the store, have a look through the previews catalogs. We always keep them at the counter for people to flick through. And it's just a case of we like to keep the list a little shorter just to give you an idea of what we're looking forward to anyway. 
so yeah that brings us to an end there <clears throat> as I say if you haven't had a chance to get into the new store yet please do call in it is literally the unit just beside our own and uh, it's a double sized unit so there's a much more comfortable seating area more comics on display We've got about another fifty to 60,000 that have to be integrated into the store. So there'll be new stuff going into the bays all the time, into the boxes, displays. We've got a uh, delivery of around 100 graphic novels coming this Friday. So again, there's going to be tons more stuff, tons more choice on the shelves. So it's a really, really exciting time. Uh, so yeah, pop in this store if any of those titles interest you. You can add them to your pull list if you have an existing one. Or you can certainly set one up with us. Uh, with ourselves, there's no minimum amount to set up. You know, I have heard stories about Forbidden Planet. You have to set up a minimum of five titles. We're not like that. We'll keep one title for you if that's what you want. Certainly not a problem. So, uh, yeah, as I say, pop in. You can catch us on Facebook. Find us on Twitter. Find us on Instagram. All the usual handles, Coffee and Heroes. And uh, I hope you enjoyed this podcast. I hope it's a little bit of help to you. I do have some fun things coming up on the podcast soon as well. So keep an eye out for that as well. And uh, until next time, hope you guys enjoy your comics, enjoy your weekly releases, and we'll uh, see you in the store soon. Cheers. Mm-hmm.